Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood. Today, joined by producer Nathan. What's up? How's it going, y'all? Good, good. Also, Chad Higgins. What is up? And we're doing an episode where somebody's on vacation, and it's not you, Chad. I, I know. That's all right. Uh, we are Zachless today. Yep. No, Zach. He is. Uh, he's out. He's not working. <laughs> I've, it was only a matter of time, I guess, before that came out. Yeah. It's, that's the low-hanging fruit. If you, I have it so low, you can just kick it. If you had to guess what Zach is doing right now, what would your guess be? Um, it is. I know. It is 120 Central Time. So just to let our listeners know, we're recording this. He, yeah. So it's 1120 where he is right now. And I know the region of the country. I bet he is at a like oxygen bar. He's hooked up. He's getting, he's getting, he's holding crystals in one hand and getting oxygen, mint flavored oxygen. Oh my goodness. Mint so flavored. much of me wants to think that that would ever be true. <laughs> oh i imagine he's, he's just out on a run again uh he's it's probably late for late in the afternoon for that yeah, out there. I, he better be at harry's roadhouse eating lunch that's what, what yes, he, that's, that's what, what he, he should be, be doing what is harry's roadhouse i've never trip, been out there fail what well, is that dude out my friend it's in between uh glorietta and santa fe okay. it's just like side of the highway kind of place and it is amazing. Fantastic. Yep. Just a bunch of hatch mm. green chilies. That's a, what I assume all it food is. is out there. Uh, you're not too far wrong from that. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty close. They, they do. Bre- they do great breakfast there. They, uh, they do a bacon stuffed waffle. Mm. Uh, that's pretty outstanding. But their lunch. I mean, it's just amazing. It's yeah. not. It's not all green chili, and it's not all tech uh, like Santa Fe type food. Like they, all their food is good. They got great pies too. But every time I go, I get the chicken burrito with the green chilies on it, and it's fantastic. Okay. So I, I do know. So Zach has been. He's coming on the back end of speaking at a camp. His wife is going to be getting into town tonight. Um. So my assumption for him. Um. I'm going to, I'm going to clean in the room. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to imagine a scenario. He's on his way. He's, he's been having coffee in the morning on his way to lunch, but maybe he walked, walked through a park. Zach's oh, never met downtown a, Santa Fe. Yeah. Zach's never met a stranger in his life. He now has six new best friends. And they're playing hacky sack in a park. So that is, mm. that's my <laughs> assumption in what is happening currently in Zach Merkin's life. And I, I think there's probably about an 80% chance that some of that is true. Yeah. So oxygen and charging crystals, not on, uh, not on your bingo card. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's too solo. <laughs> I think he's got to. He's got to be. He's made some friends, right? Like we definitely know yeah. that. Um, he may be in somebody's wedding, right? Like if there was a <laughs> wedding, he met somebody on the just play. a stand in. Yeah, they're like, man, I. He actually, might have just picked up a guitar and started playing them, playing them down the aisle. I or could see that. I could see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Chad, you mentioned before we got started um, that like we do this via video and internet connection. So like Zoom or we use a different program, but basically the same thing. And you don't have video of us today. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to think about it made me think about a question that I've often wondered when you're in a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Where do you look like, do you talk at yourself or like, do you, how do you, Uh, what square are you looking at when you're talking in a zoom? Oh, that's a, that's man. There's probably a deeper study about people's like psychology that would go into this. I, I definitely, if I'm talking, I will look at myself sometimes, but I often just, look up i think um into like the space uh it it just feels weird to look at everybody else i know i should probably be looking like directly into the camera um but yeah my eyes are all over the place half the time i'm checking my phone or email and so yeah Nathan, what about you? i think it depends on the zoom situation if it's if it's like a small meeting like three or four people, then I'm probably looking at the person I'm talking to. But if I'm like presenting something to a larger group or something like that, I try to stare somewhat top of the screen below the camera. So it looks like I'm looking at them, but not into the green, the green dot or like boring a hole through the camera itself. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've found most often not on purpose, but just watching myself talk. Like I look Mm -hmm. at, I don't know. It's weird. I've tried to stop doing that, but it that's where I land. I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with how long the meeting is and what time of day it is as well, right? Like, we talked about this even a little bit before. Like, uh, early in the morning for me, or like really all the way up till about 3 o'clock in my day, I can stay pretty, like, dialed in, focused, after three o'clock, man, my mind just starts like racing and wandering and all those kind of things for a day. I had a friend he worked with worked at Lifeway for a while. Uh, his pattern of work was so funny because he would uh, he would get in early and he would work right up until lunch, like so hard. And he, like he would accomplish so much work, mm-hmm. but then after lunch to the end of the day, it was over. Yeah. Like it, there was nothing else going to happen, but it was crazy because he was able to accomplish. He stayed so focused the first half of the day yep. that he was accomplishing the same amount of work that everyone else was accomplishing in the full day. He just paced it differently. Oh, a hundred percent. My ideal, like I think work day would probably be like six to one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That would be rad. So we are uh, at the recording of this podcast and we, and the release of it will be here in a little bit. We are almost done with summer. It's crazy. It has absolutely flown by. We have a lot of camp stuff going on throughout the summer, and we are 
like 80%, 75% of the way through the camp season now in terms of total weeks of camp that we've, mm-hmm. that we've completed. And, uh, I know like student pastors are, it's mission trip season, uh, in July and it's service project season, all that kind of stuff. But here where I live, we start school the first week of August. So it is right around the corner, like two and a half weeks away and kids are in school and churches are uh, up and running in fall programming. It always flies by. But for some reason this summer, it seems like it has gone even faster. So I'll put a, I'll put the question on the table. Uh, what if you're a youth pastor right now and you look up and you realize my summer is more than halfway over. Fall is on the way. Great ministry season in the fall. What do I need to be thinking about right now? What do I need to begin planning, begin attacking so that when August, September get here, we're ready to roll. Well, if if they're just now thinking about this, here would be my low hanging fruit. I think you need to take some time and either do a massive cleanup or a simple stage change. I think going into the fall, looking at like most of our like student ministry space, whether you have a room or you have a dedicated building, anything like that. I think this time period at the end of summer, all of those kind of things, there are probably like old t-shirt boxes that need to be thrown away, right? Or just a clutteredness of all the different activities of summer. Mm -hmm. Then I think taking time of refresh of, you know, if you have time of like fresh cut of paint or those kind of things, I think going into the fall, having done any of those kind of things is always a big win because Mm -hmm. you're going to have for many uh, churches, incoming groups at this time if you do your promotion at the end of summer and so you have new parents that are walking into your facility and so you want that to look professional clean tidy all of those kind of things and so if you do nothing else clean pick up invite students man that was always a fun thing uh, mm-hmm. that we would do is man invite some of your leadership students to come in for a day of just clean up pick up tidy everything up mm-hmm. to where it looks great and have fun with that man like those are never like the most fun things to do of just like the tedious cleanup stuff but if you make a day out of it with some of your like really connected students and get pizza and sonic and all those kind of things and just make it a work day that can actually be really meaningful and thoughtful and fun and i think that those are little things that no matter where you're at or what you've planned we can all make those kind of things happen man i love that one uh fresh coat of paint some cleanup make it a make it a group thing it is you're gonna have in the fall you're gonna have first impressions with folks Mm -hmm. right like families are going to be moving into the area more than likely, or they're going to be reengaging in church. Maybe they've been out for a while. There are first impressions to be made and your space, the cleanliness of it, the organization of it makes a big difference. Chad, you've talked about that uh, kind of from a different angle before and how much of an impression those kinds of things make on other staff, parents, mm-hmm. people that are involved in the ministry. And I love that for this one. My, my mind goes 
to the groups side of things that are going to be happening uh, that goes to volunteers, making sure that I have the group part of my ministry laid out and holes are beginning to be filled. Uh, volunteer recruitment is at a premium right now. That is something that's got to be wrapped up in the next few weeks in order for all of those things to start off feeling really good. There have been moments as a student pastor where we've started the fall and I've been a few leaders short and man, it just, it just doesn't feel great to you as a leader or to students when they come in and it's like, Hey, we're going to be combining these groups for a couple of weeks while we get somebody still like those kind of mm-hmm. things sometimes happen. But if at all possible, these are the moments where we are getting people locked in to serve in ministry for the next year. Uh, those conversations are not easy, but this is the, this is harvest time for that kind of work. Yeah, for sure. My mind goes to uh, thinking about that transition from wherever your breakdown is, whether it's, you know, some people do fifth, sixth, some sixth, seventh, whatever that breakdown transition is into student ministry. Uh, yeah. And I think maybe now is the, the perfect time to spend. If you haven't already spend a little bit of time in the kids area, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know those, we'll just use fifth graders for the example, fifth graders coming up, get to know a couple of the parents. Uh, I would, and then two things I was thinking of, I would talk to the parents from a couple of the, the parents who've now been in student ministry, like their first kid was in student ministry for the year and be like, Hey, how did this transition go for you last year? Mm-hmm. How can I really go to like, how, how well and effective are we communicating to you as a parent coming into student ministry, what that looks like. Um, and then also the other thing would be think about the kids coming in. They're going from a, an environment they really know and feel really comfortable into, into a whole entire, not only like room, not only different people, but like, I mean, honestly, we do student ministry a lot different than we do kids ministry, right? Like from a very, sometimes very structured to a little bit more loose, a little bit more freedom with some of that. And so you don't want kids coming in that just feel intimidated or, or so big shocked kids and everywhere. Right? Big kids <laughs> everywhere running around. They're like, I, you know, what class do I go to? They're like, oh, you don't have a class. We got small groups instead. And they're like, what does that mean? Right. I mean, just things that we just absolutely take for granted, I think can sometimes scare some of those those kids away and we don't want to see that so thinking through like man how can we make them feel inviting and i think this is a great time to help start student leaders that are young but have them like the seventh the people who are now going to be seventh grade like if you got sixth graders coming in then ones who've now been there for a year because they probably still know them over from kids ministry go ahead and set them up to be kind of like leaders in the sense of like hey you know, talk with them, help show them the ropes, like go ahead and set that kind of a culture of like, we take, we help each other out. We take care of each other, you know, go ahead and start building those cultural identities early. And I think that can be a good thing to think through as we're leading up into, you know, maybe whatever the context is around the country, but a few weeks to maybe a month or two from students transitioning into our ministries. Yeah, Yeah. we did. We did. We we called it student ministry live and we would do a, um, a specific like normal Wednesday night just for our sixth graders and their parents. We would invite both mm-hmm. of them to come. Um, I, we would normally do it on like a Tuesday night. It was normally the like the week before Tuesday night of our normal Wednesday night kickoff. So it was like a basically eight days before their first like Wednesday night that the new students were invited in. And we tried to run it exactly like a normal Wednesday night for us. And so those kids and their parents would come in they got to see exactly what it was. 
Um, and, and we, it wasn't like a parent meeting or anything like that. Like it was all of our normal, like lobby stuff, hangout kind of deals. Um, but we, in, we invited the parents just to be a part of it. Like play these games with your kids, come in, we're going to do videos, announcements. I'm going to teach like I normally teach on a Wednesday night. We're going to have full blown worship. And it was just a way that the kids and the parents got to experience that to see exactly what it was like. And then it was like end of the night. Hey, next week, this is what it's going to be like. You, you don't have to be nervous. You've experienced it already. Those kind of things. And the big win there was parents got to, to see exactly like this is this is the flow of everything. This is where they're going to come in, get signed in, checked in, and and all of those kind of things. And that was a big, big win on our parent side of things as well in the fall. It is also a great moment to have a big parent meeting. Mm -hmm. um, it's a time where you can, I mean, the question is, how can I get people to come to a parent meeting? That's a struggle. We got guys, as we talk to youth pastors all over the place. Sounds awesome. How do I get them to be there? And I think that's the right season for the right meeting. Mm -hmm. Just coming back, people are people are already in the mode of re I'm reengaging. Mm -hmm. They've probably already had some kind of orientation thing with school or something related to coming back to the fall in other parts of their life as parents. And so that moment to have it in church world as well is is a good timing piece in terms of trying to get people there. And then once you have that settled, okay, we're going to do that this fall pretty early on and get parents reengaged. Then start thinking about the content that you're going to provide there. Yep. Because if that's your best opportunity to get the most people that you're going to have all year, then you want to give them something in terms of content that they're going to say, Oh, I'm going to make sure and be at the next one because this one really helped prepare me, equip me, encourage me, however you decide to take that. But that meeting should not just be, here's the calendar for the next yep. year. Let's go ahead and start signing up mm -hmm. for fall retreat. Right. It needs to be content focused, partner focused. And I think that's what you can begin to build trust and loyalty for more meetings that you have in the future by setting the tone really well yep. this year and advertise a time and end at five to 10 minutes early mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. As we like who, to leave a meeting early as a guy who loves to leave a meeting early, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you, uh, you love to leave anything early. Like that's a value that you, a personal value, right? Like I'm going to look for a way to, I like not, it's I, not from like a ditch out no, on responsibilities, no. not like that, I, but like, I like to enjoy things and I like to be want, I like to be wanting more. Like, I just feel like yeah. everything that's mm. great, you leave wanting more and I, mm -hmm. dude, yeah, if I can do that, even with stuff I like, like peace out a little early and I get to leave and go, dude, that was awesome. And I didn't have to get, cause every great event has that little tail end, right? Where people start yes. going, well, you know, well, and then that's when the like weird <laughs> small talk happens. And it's like, 
the <laughs> Midwestern thing where it's like, well, you know, and like, it's just a long goodbye. Turns right? into open mic. Yeah, dude. If everybody <laughs> just tries to leave early, then everybody gets in their car and goes, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can you, so you have, as something that you do, have you noticed a point when you're at like, let's take a concert, for example. Oh, are you able to tell within like within yourself? I'm getting to that point. And if I stay any longer, I'm going to like for me to have a positive view of this. I've got to leave right now. The, the moment I think about traffic, I'm out. That is the I'm work, we got to go. You know what I mean? Like the because there comes as soon as you see red lights. Well, you know how like you're at any concert that's like big and awesome. And then that moment goes through like, uh, we got to get to the car and there's going to be that long line and getting out and all those kind of things. The minute I think about that, I'm like, it's time to go. It's got to get out of here. <laughs> and then so tra- traffic is a big driver. Well, it's not, a, it's <laughs> not the driver. It's just the indicator. I'm okay with sitting in yeah. traffic. It's just that, cause that's normally the time of night where I, I know that I've had enough. I've just like, I've enjoyed this band and now I'm thinking about other things and I might as well, I might as well get another benefit out of it. Cause if you're the first dude out in the line, now you got a great concert and you didn't have to wait in traffic. That's a win win. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Nathan, you strike me as somebody who's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm staying until the post credits scene. The last notes played at the concert, just in terms of like rule following, this is the way it's done. And so I'm doing it this yeah, way. Yeah, for the most part, unless it truly is something I'm like, I do not enjoy this whatsoever, and then I'm out. But for the most part, I'm like, well, I paid my money for this ticket. I'm going to get all my. I'm going to get all my money out of it, enjoyment out of it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I like to stay. I like to see the if they're going to come out and do the encore. I like to see all of that. Sometimes too, like if I've really enjoyed it, then I'm okay with just like hanging around for a bit as the people clear out and all that kind of stuff, you know, and then taking my time. You know, the the thing in student ministry that that feels to me like we should have left early is that disciple now Sunday morning service. (laughs) It's the it's the we are going to do like we've done Friday night. We've done Saturday morning. We've done Saturday night. And we have to do a Sunday. It's that Sunday morning service where you try to recreate what happened Saturday night mm-hmm. on Sunday morning and people are exhausted. Like that is the service that I'm like, this should not be. So we like we just stopped doing it. You bring your stuff up. Big breakfast on Sunday morning. Go to the main worship service at the church. Yeah. Disciple now is effectively over with breakfast on Sunday. Uh, of course, like we we had a section blocked off in the worship center for like all the disciple, like the people that were at the event, student ministry section, whatever. And we tried to make a big deal out of that. But that service to me is always one that's like, nope, it's one too many. Yeah. Yeah. See, dude, I never did that service. Exactly what you're explaining is what I've always done. So you were having like a a service before the main session or the main service on Sunday morning. Yeah. Or in place of. Got you. And it just 
it just never was right. Like you want people leaving, remembering Saturday night, small group discussions back in the homes after that on Saturday, fun night, good breakfast done. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that man, that last one is just tough. Yeah. To me, it was always the, as many times as uh, somehow I wound up having to do the like, 2 to 6 a.m., 2 to 7 a.m. lock-in, it was like, this time is useless. So eventually I got the culture to change, and so we would just do what we called, like, night out, and then we would just do bowling from, like, 11 to 1, and then, hey, parents, come get your kids. We're done. Oh, gosh. See, from a student pastor perspective, that's great. The parents then are like, I have to go right, exactly. to this random bowling alley at 1 a.m. and pick up my right. seventh yeah, grader. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> uh, have you ever regretted leaving early from something? Or has it always has it always worked in your favor? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, Nathan, Nathan <laughs> mentioned the encore, the encore, and I'm just trying to think through. I haven't really seen that. I haven't one. seen that many encores in my life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I my question is, so if there's that good of a song, why, why wasn't it in the main set? That's right. Why didn't you include you? It's your best one. Yeah. Why didn't you include it in the thing? Yeah. No, you can't. You can't be planning an encore. If you're planning an encore, it's not an encore. That's just a part of the show. Part of the show was you leaving the stage. <laughs> so you got people to clap long enough for you to come back out. No, I don't need to. See. I mean, essentially, that's exactly Dude, I don't need to see is, that. Yeah. If you're needing validation after my eighty five dollar ticket. Get out of here, dude. I, I've already beat traffic. I'm halfway home and I got a Dairy Queen in the cup holder next to me, man. No, dude. Who won here? Okay, cool. I got to see one more song. No, man. You ever had a dip cone? Yeah, that's what I thought. Hey, they've got churro dipped cones right now. Dude. Did you know that? I didn't know. No. Yeah. Wow. Churro flavored dip. Okay, so I love it when. Oh, go ahead, Chad. So he, I think I've asked you guys this question, and the churro dip cone made me think about it. <laughs> if there was one fast food restaurant, okay, that that they took the menu and made it a five-star restaurant, what's the best fast food restaurant to do that with? We have this, – this has been uh, – I don't think it was recorded, yeah. but we have had this, yeah. and mm -hmm. I forget what I, I forget what I said. Well, I think I actually did say Dairy Queen because the menu is so yeah. extensive for a fast food place. But like, if you got like the world's best five star hamburger alongside an incredible like ice cream, chicken that's finger, like the best thing, <laughs> <Chicken finger. laughs> <laughs> the best the best ice cream you've ever had. Like that sounds pretty good. You ever stuck one of them chicken fingers down in the top of a blizzard? <laughs> oh, my nope. gosh. Dude, what? I used to do that with fries and Wendy's Frosties, but that's about as far as my kids do Okay, that. if yeah. you pulled up next to somebody in a light and they got a chicken finger sticking out of a blizzard, <laughs> <laughs> just be honest for a moment, Ben Drew Blood. Is that guy winning at life or is, is he struggling? Like, what is what is your immediate thought? 
Man, I'm probably following him for a little while because I like want to see what happens next. <laughs> like <you're> like- <laughs> <laughs> no, like in the car. Oh, okay. I want to see where this is going to go. <laughs> this is probably this is probably going to be a good story. No, I, if I if I saw that, like the honest reaction would be like, it's probably not yeah, no. the biggest win yeah, yeah, happening. So that dude's are he, they using it as a spoon? <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that dude's eating his feelings for sure. <laughs> yes. You know where you can also do that at is cookout. Oh, a five star cookout, cookout is a good would be next level. That kind of would be. Yeah, uh, like gourmet cookout, wagyu burgers. <laughs> I think that's just called chilies, <laughs> folks. I think that's exactly what. Oh, <laughs> there it is. The chilies I, reference it always comes back to always comes back to chilies. Okay. Speaking of fall, yeah, new seasons. Uh, uh, guys, I feel like a new a new season is always a good time to evaluate if there's a new hobby to be to be started nathan mm. you you are in you luck have, my friend you've mentioned you've got one you've got one brewing i do have one brewing and to the tune of i already spent money towards this now <laughs> new hobby said thanks to prime day and great advertising uh oh, see that no, prime so, day we're, we'll come back to that in a second got a good deal on a dewalt drill set too though you know mm. gotta okay. gotta take care of the house a little bit i guess i don't know you're a De- um, you're a dewalt guy uh, Dewalt, Milwaukee. I like the I like the good stuff. You can't blend. You can't. You got to no. Sure you got to it. No, you can wind up a little Makita over there on the side too. You got to have oh, a color gosh. spectrum. Oh. I'm so shocked right now that you oh. <laughs> that you feel this wow. way. Did it's you mostly, see that coming, no, Chad? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly Dewalt, but you know, <clears throat> uh, it's not the cheap stuff for the most part. Um, anyway, hey, I lived. I lived. I mean, I tell this story at Essentials. You guys could probably repeat it yourself. But <laughs> I lived a lot of years on Black and Decker. Well, yeah, <laughs> Just, I got that little Black I've, and Decker I've lived drill Ryobi for a while. <laughs> so the old green Ryobis. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my Black and Decker for this most drill has the same battery in it that it's it's just been rocking for like 60 years. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, my new hobby, just coming off of vacation, spent a lot of time in Colorado, Wyoming, seeing a bunch of museums and all that kind of stuff. Went to several places. I had airplanes. We went to the National, what was it, what, uh, National Vehicle Museum or something like that in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, uh, because this guy's really rich and has stuff. But anyway, going to think my next hobby is getting into making uh, models. So I've done this a little bit as a kid, but now I'm like, man, it'd be kind of cool to have a few like good models on the way. So I'm going to kind of do series or sets is the idea. So I'm going to start with some World War II uh, airplanes because I've always loved airplanes and that kind of stuff. Got to see quite a few of them on this past trip. And I was like, man, those are really cool. Got to see some really good models of those. And so I was like, man, it'd be kind of fun to to dabble in this a little bit. So I already bought me a little airbrush kit. I already got my first model, a couple paints, you know, all that kind of stuff, glue ready, ready to go. So straight to airbrush. No, we're not worrying about brushes and cups of water and like straight to airbrush. Yeah, I mean, I've got all that stuff, too, in case I need it. But I I mean, I've done a little bit of this in the past, and I just know that like the better finishes and stuff come like I want these to look really good. I don't want them to look like 
the one sitting in my room or wherever in a box in a closet somewhere that I did as a kid or whatever, you know? So yeah. I want them to actually look really good. So I just know you airbrushes is really good. Otherwise you got to have your paint so thin and do a bunch of layers and stuff with that to not get brush strokes and all that kind of stuff in it. So, yeah, but that's the idea. We'll see how far, how long I stick with it, but that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> do I'm, we want to place an over or an over under on the number of museum, uh, number of models Ooh. that happened? Chad, where are you placing it? At? In, a, in what time frame? Let's say a year. If I even stick with it that long, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> the goal is to, I've even chosen like, I want, I want all of my series to be a certain scale too. So they all like are. Ooh, so, you know, so they, you've got a, you've got a are, goal in mind, man. I do. How, okay. So how many, how many is in that series? Do you know? Uh, Well, I want to do of the World War II planes right now. I want to do. I think there's four that I want to do, and then I want to move into helicopters next, and I've got four or five in that helicopter set. Um, maybe there's five in that, because I think I'm going to do a bomber with most of my fighters for World War II, and they're a bit bigger. Uh, and then I definitely want to do like the new airplane, so F-22, F-16, f I think, I think you knock out F-15. five of them in a year. I think you knock out five. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I'm hoping, you know. Maybe a month or two on each one, a couple months mm-hmm. on each one, maybe. We'll see. I'm going to take the under on five. Okay. There you go. Not because I don't believe in you. If you set your no, mind I'm not to it. I not believe in myself either, but you know. <laughs> for this, if you for set this your year. mind to it, I know you well enough. You'll get 10. Right. You'll have a whole squadron hanging above yeah. your bed. Well, I don't know about hanging above my bed, but you know. <laughs> God, you but, just wake up and you feel like you're in a <laughs> battle. <laughs> Dog fight. <laughs> It's not the like noise machine with like the nice like wave sound. It's like battle of the bulge happening in the sky above me. We're just gonna start having to you call like use your call sign. That like they, that's how deep you'll be into. Yeah, it. I don't know about that. The mustard gas. Um, the mustard gas. <laughs> but I think uh, like you know essentials will start back up again. We'll be on the road. By the way, we'll be on the road this fall in September. Montana on September the 12th. Mm-hmm. And then we will be in California the week of September 19th. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, California's big. Sorry. So we'll be in Southern California, San Diego, Riverside areas. Okay. So if you, uh, that's September 19th week. And then we'll be in Montana in, uh, at Fresh Life Kalispell, uh, on September the 12th. So if you, Want to come hang out with us? We'd love to have you at one of our live training events called Essentials. It is a fantastic time, and you can find out more information on the website, which is lifeway.com slash essentials. That's correct. And then we will, uh, you can have all the information there. And then, of course, when the calendar year turns over, we'll be other places in the spring, but California and Montana and boys, I just want to tell you how excited I am about. I mean, California's nice, mm-hmm. but I'm pumped about some Montana. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a, it's going to be a great. We have great partners there in Fresh Life, and uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun event. So hopefully, you are listening to this from within several hours there and want to come hang out. Okay, uh, so Nathan, you're going to be building models, Chad. Mm-hmm. Anything for you new this fall from a hobby perspective? Um, I, d- I dabbled into an ant farm 
a little bit. Oh yeah, um, how'd it go? I did get and is it already over? Is it it sounds uh, <laughs> it sounds like well, it. Sounds like here it. here's the deal. Here's the deal. By none of my own doing, uh a, just a basic Anfarp without a queen, you only have the life you know what I mean, like lifespan of the ants. Um I also started off pretty rough um and finding out that you actually cannot order ants online and live in Oklahoma during the summer. Um, <laughs> they died I, in shipment. Most of them got a little bit too hot in the mail. And, uh, and so <laughs> it was the saddest, saddest thing you've ever seen. One whole tube of ants just went to a horrible death. Um, the second they live though in Oak, like you have ants there. Yeah, but trapped in a just underground, trapped in a test tube, sitting inside my black mailbox <laughs> most of the day. Um, not ideal. No, it was super sad. And so then, of course, right? Like I had to have the whole big conversation with my five-year-old daughter of like why all these ants died and what is death and am i gonna die and what about grandma and all those kind of things and so yeah dude so the the ant hobby was short-lived uh the two that did make it we tried to keep them as comfortable as possible in my ant farm um had the whole place to themselves by the way resort by the way two ants did so much work i i don't know if they were like pulling double duty just thankful to be alive or what the deal was they did a lot for the you know four weeks that they still made it but so i had this is a great point that i've never done the ant farm Mm -hmm. thing are they mostly done without a queen there's and there's so two, there's two ways to do it. Right. M- most of those like just kind of cheap ant farms that you see that are like the sand, you know, like thin thing. Th- those are mainly done with without a queen. Um, but if you start building like a bigger, like actual like ecosystem type thing, you can get online and and buy like a, a queen, just a queen, and she'll start to or a queen and a few workers, and uh, they'll start to like repopulate. The big thing on those like small uh, areas, I mean, if you have a queen, like they'll start to populate pretty quickly, and you're going to run out of room. Um, mm. And so you can. So you got to get like an actual like aquarium and outfit it for almost. Ants. Or they make these like cubes that are a little bit bigger that you can start to like actually create a, a full blown like ant colony. Um, I, I think if I if I go at it again, that would probably be the way that I'd want to go because those can become a little bit more like self sufficient. But if you're if you're going the other way without a queen, I mean, you basically just have the life cycle of those ants and then it's over and so you're constantly just like restarting what about you you into anything new ben man i you know i am not at this point uh but i would like to be so like i'm keeping my options open i'm taking taking suggestions like you're Uh, you're trying to get (laughs) traded you're on an nba team (laughs) (laughs) yes the hobby trade system yeah i'm a free agent right now i think bonsai Uh, trees are uh, in the market for somebody new to come 
toy with that hobby. I've been looking, I've been looking at it for a while. Um, in fact, one year I did get a bonsai starter kit, uh, as a gift and it was an incredible gift. It was, but it was starting it from seed. Uh, and I messed up the like start from seed component and it was, it was on me. So I learned that a little bit older of a tree is probably the best way to get into it for a beginner. Did you know that you can technically like bonsai almost any tree? Like it doesn't have to be yeah. those like <laughs> juniper type trees. Yes, I did. In my former research, I did learn. <laughs> I do like the use of bonsai as a verb. Is that not what right it is? There. Can you not use it that way? I like it. It sounds right. good to me. Uh, yeah, dude. I've seen like <laughs> photos of like like small elms. You know what I mean? Like being uh, miniaturized. It's pretty that's awesome. interesting. Yeah, dude. They're fascinating. Yeah, like trees that flower. Uh, you, you can do that with with them as well. You can bonsai a flowering tree. Fascinating. No, I'm intrigued. <laughs> See? Over under on five models. It's all right. <laughs> they need some shade for the models. Uh, dude, he's next thing we know, Nathan's got a small aquarium with a bonsai maple and just a herd of ants underneath it. Just living <laughs> in the roots. That's exactly right. Well, as you get ready for fall. Uh, I hope that you find something fun to engage your mind uh, as well as prepare your student ministry. It's always a great season. Know that we, our team, uh, prays for student ministry, prays for you. We hope that this fall launches really, really well. And if you're in California, Montana, or like if you live in Nebraska and you just want to come to one of those events, we'd love to have you there too. September 12th and the week of September 19th. Have a great fall, everybody. We'll see you next time.